Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 46 of Secrets of Shadowloo. We're just getting into the beginning of the Mriganka section in this book. We're going to be talking about M. Bison's island stronghold of Mriganka. But before we get there, we have to talk about the approach. We have to talk about getting to Mriganka, which is the first leg of your player character's journey to remove the very top of the Shadowloo Pyramid and thereby destroy it. I mean, I'm not an architect, but I'm pretty sure that's how pyramids work. Now, the most obvious way to approach Mriganka is from the mainland. And so the very exotic spy movie shit has to start far from the shores of Mriganka in Thailand and the surrounding area. Here's what the book has to say about it. Quote, The Gulf of Thailand lies nestled between Cambodia and Thailand, rippling in the exotic world of Southeast Asia. Floating in the middle of the sea, one can almost sense the faint call of Bangkok to the north, the bustling trade with Singapore far to the south, and the mystic secrets in the Cambodian jungles to the east. This is a real text adventure approach to establishing a world. It's like, to the north you see Bangkok, to the south you see Singapore. There is a rippling gulf here. Hmm, examine gulf. Quote, The eastern coast of Thailand is composed of dense jungles. In our world, the real world, <laughs> thank you for the clarification, in our world, the real world, you would find hospitality and scenic splendor. Yet this is not our world. It is the world of the street fighters. In the realm of the blacktop samurai, this jungle, the island nearby, and its once tranquil wilderness have been captured by Shadaloo. So forget all your real-world notions of a pristine, beautiful Southeast Asian coast brimming with tourist accommodations, as nature intended. This is not our world. Parentheses, the real world. This is no Dan's land. This is the dark and gritty street fighter world. And in this world, Shadaloo has captured part of the coast of Southeast Asia, a part we are going to call Mainland Mriganka. And the rest of this page is devoted to telling you about Mainland Mriganka and the people who live there. Now, here's the thing. You have no doubt noticed that my approach to the material in this season has been um, kind of a no-prize approach. I'm reading the text on the page, and I'm committed to the indefensible proposition that all of this makes perfect sense. So I'm spending a lot of my time trying to come up with plausible explanations for how these pieces could fit together. For those of you who aren't familiar, the no prize, of course, is from uh, Marvel Comics. In the old days, if there was an error in a Marvel comic, you could win a no prize by writing in not just to identify the error, but to offer some kind of explanation for why it was no mistake at all, to rationalize it away. Now, so far, I've had, I think, pretty good success rationalizing, you know, too many dots of this, not enough dots of that. This part of Shadowloo's organizational structure doesn't really make sense. How can we reconcile these two things? Today, I have a much bigger challenge. Today, I'm going to build a kind of a grand bridge over the tremendous steaming pile of racism on this page to try to get you over without getting your boots dirty. But to do that, first, I have to tell you what the page says. I just have to. So let's start with the quote in this section from the pugilist, uh, whom we discussed yesterday, this mysterious quasi-fictional character whom we're going to follow in his journey into Mriganka. Quote, I'd heard about the natives on the mainland, nasty barbarians whose minds have been warped by bison's psychic powers. There was a volcano to the west, not a natural one, an unnatural one built by Chateloup. 
There were stories of heroes who had tried to take a peek at the island itself by hiking through the forest, only to be captured by the jungle men and thrown into the maw of that mysterious volcano. I didn't care for mosquitoes, so I skipped the jungle and continued swimming toward the island instead. Valuable expert testimony from the pugilist there, who heard some racist stories about people getting thrown into volcanoes by, quote, jungle men, and so decided to skip the jungle. So he's no fucking help. Let's turn to the next section, which is entitled Welcome to the Jungle. So this section tells us that if you're trying to infiltrate Mriganka, you might consider surveying it from the mainland first, but you will face serious dangers. Quote, on the mainland, the jungle is hot and steamy. Plants rich in nutrients open their arms to the glory of the sun. <laughs> Thank you, author, for putting my mind at ease. I was concerned about the nutrient content of those plants. Quote, Travelers passing through will hear the plaintive warbling of the jungle birds. They'll almost be able to sense the tarantulas creeping in the cool shadows. The jungle seems peaceful, but one would have to be mad to live near Mriganka. Despite this, there is a group of men who do, if they can be called men. Within this maze of moist murmuring madness... <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Within this maze of moist murmuring madness lies the hidden world of the Mrigonkalese junglemen. <laughs> you can imagine the author sitting at the keyboard like moist murmuring madness. Oh, that's good shit. This seems like the kind of author who would settle on the demonym Mrigonkalese. But anyway, prose style aside, what we've learned is that the Mrigonkan mainland is menacing. There are harmless tarantulas there, chilling in the shade. Um, plaintive jungle birds. Spooky. Nutrient-rich plants. How did they get those nutrients? Corpses, maybe. Who knows? And most importantly, Rigonkalese junglemen, whom we are told may in fact be subhuman. It may not be appropriate to call them men. <sighs> okay, Bil we're building a bridge. The next section is entitled Rigonkalese junglemen. And here's what it says. Quote, this forest primeval once belonged to a society of noble men. Oh, really? You don't say. Noble and savage. How interesting. Quote, Here in the jungles of Mriganka, the jungle men wait. They have preserved their peaceful way of life for millennia, but now they are little more than savage beasts, trained animals serving the will of Shadaloo. They were once highly intelligent and civilized natives, but the mind cannon, see below, has corrupted their minds and sapped their will. Anyone traveling through these jungles must contend with the junglemen. They are mighty and will not be swayed easily. The junglemen are hostile to all outsiders and will attempt to capture any trespassers before sacrificing them to the giant volcano nearby. But don't worry, we also get a lengthy description of their culture. Quote, Each jungleman receives a ceremonial spear after his rite of passage. Extremely brave warriors earn the right to carry a sling and a few, quote, flash rocks to use with it. And then this anthropological analysis continues to tell us that a flash rock is a carefully mined mineral from Riganka that if you throw it hard at human flesh, it explodes. So, okay, that completes the uh, cultural part of the description of junglemen. All that remains is to look at their stat block. Their fighting style is tribal fighting. They have no honor, no glory, and no rank. They have ones in all their social stats because they are simple, uncharismatic, and unattractive, and an intelligence of one. They have no skills except survival and tracking, which, by the way, is a part of survival, which is the only other skill they have, and at a higher rating. Uh, they have spears, slings, and flash rocks. They can punch and kick, but they can't grab, they can't block. They only have one dot of willpower, and they have no dots of chi, which is fucking unprecedented, as far as I can tell. Like, I think a nutrient-rich plant 
has a point of chi. It's, it's the energy that suffuses living things, except for Mrigonkali's junglemen. They have no chi. It's almost as though they are subhuman. So, okay, about that bridge. I did some thinking and I did some digging because on top of being an offensive caricature, the material on this page doesn't quite add up. Like, I know we didn't get much about Mrigonkali's jungleman culture, but we know that they have rites of passage. We know that they have this custom of throwing people into a volcano. They hate interlopers. So, I mean, culture may be a grandiose name for it, but they, they have traditions. They have some kind of coherent lifestyle and set of practices that they share. Where did they come from? Because we're told that uh, these Mrigonkali's junglemen used to be a quote-unquote civilized group of natives with their own, you know, elaborate and magnificent and civilized culture, and then they were reduced to this state by the mind canon. But we know what the mind canon does. It's on page 49. We're not going to talk about it there, so I'll quickly go over the basics here. The mind cannon is an invisible beam. You shoot it at someone's head. It has a short-term effect on their brain, on their mind, and then after repeated usage, eventually it becomes permanent. Right now, the mind cannon is hidden in the head of a golden statue that's on the island, and it's used to bombard the mainland to keep on mind-fucking these Mrigonkalese junglemen. But it can be repositioned to mind-fuck invading street fighters as well. And here's how it works. you got to make a willpower roll to resist it. You can spend chi to assist with that roll. And if it's repeatedly used to drive your intelligence down, 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 then it will, quote, reduce the subject to a state of idiocy and savage, mindless behavior. Anyone who is reduced below one dot of intelligence will become incapable of independent action. So the low intelligence is new for these Mergonkali's junglemen. That's a result of the mind cannon. But if that's the case, where did these traditions come from? Like the rite of passage. I mean, sacrificing people to the volcano. It's an artificial volcano. Bison built that thing in like the last 20 years or something. Mergonkali's junglemen can't possibly have a cultural tradition of throwing people into the volcano. Every Mergonkali's jungleman whose fucking flash rocks have dropped remembers when the volcano was all surrounded by scaffolding being built by contractors. And I also took this opportunity to look a little bit into the indigenous people of this area. And obviously I'm no expert, but I didn't see any resemblance between what's described here and the indigenous people of Southeast Asia. So that's when it hit me. I don't think these are real natives. It doesn't make any sense. They've got this hokey, stereotypical jungle people culture that came from nowhere They've got no connection to the people who were here before. The mind cannon, which should have, you know, destroyed their memories and lifeways and everything, seems to have given them new practices. So that was my thought. These are not real natives. But if that's the case, who are they? Where did they come from? Who got zapped by the mind cannon to create these quote unquote Mrigonkalese junglemen? And that brings me to something very clever that I only discovered on this read through of Secrets of Shadowloo. The island, the actual landmass of Mrigonka is a real-world island. In the real world, this island, this landmass, is called Phuket, and it is a popular tourist attraction. Why, you may ask? Well, among other reasons, it's because this area was introduced to an international audience by a tiny island about 12 miles away. And you know what that island is called? James Bond Island. Because in the early 70s, this island was used to film scenes from Scaramanga's Island in a James Bond movie. This makes all the sense in the world for the authors of this book to do. The Street Fighter setting, this kind of international spy action stuff, that's very James Bond. M. Bison is an extremely James Bond villain. So naturally, if you're going to give him an island stronghold, just give him Scaramanga's Island. So that filming is right in the neighborhood of when Bison would have been coming to power. So here, I submit to you in desperate hopes that this bridge will hold, is the secret of Shadowloo for this page. 
Regoncalese junglemen are neither. Regoncalese junglemen are extras hired to play stereotypical savage junglemen in a James Bond film, or the Street Fighter world equivalent, whose minds were brutally bombarded by the mind cannon until they forgot their true identities. This explains why they have no culture except for jungle movie stereotypes. It explains how they just popped up out of nowhere on what was previously just another part of Thailand. It explains, if the mind cannon can uh, fade out people's memories, why they don't remember that the volcano is artificial when actually its construction is as far away from them in history as, like, the GameCube is from us right now. I mean, it's been a while, but I realize that the GameCube has not always been with us. So that's my attempt to salvage what's on today's page. If you're going to be running Mriganka, what I think you're probably going to do is not have your Street Fighter player characters fight jungle men with actual literal bones in their noses. But if you do decide to use some cleaned up, less offensive version of the Mriganka jungle men or just the jungle itself, this is my solution. This is the secret of Shadowloo that I'm suggesting. There are no Mrigonkalese jungle men really in the jungle, just extras who are hired to play Hollywood savages and were mindfucked into believing that they are actual stereotypical natives. Join me next time when our tour of the Mrigonkin mainland continues with a trip to the artificial volcano and its strange defenders on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs> <laughs>